Hello and welcome back to the Soapy Rao Show. On today's episode, I'm joined by someone very special, a lady who wears multiple hats and is successful wearing all these hats. She's the host of the Made in India podcast, one of the most successful and popular podcasts. She was a radio personality with Radio 1 Mumbai and she runs a podcast production company which is also named Made in India. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Soapy Rao Show, the fantastic me, Marianne Thomas, straight from Robin Hood. <laughs> Yay! It's so How good to you? be here. I'm, I'm good. I'm so honored. I also like the fact that I wear lots of hats. Um, yeah. I feel like they should be like I, I, I wonder what hats like, you know, a fedora, maybe. I don't maybe know. Cap. I think yeah. you know you would look. I, I, yeah, I don't think those. You know, some of those people who go to concerts wear those really tall ones. No, I think you need something classy. I think, yeah, I think a fedora maybe one. I think a, a beret maybe cool, but I don't know. Ooh, a beret would be nice. I mean, do you smoke a pipe or do you paint? I don't know. There's a stereotype with each hat. I don't like those stereotypes which come with each hat. There is a stereotype with each you know? hat. So like true. those baseball hats or and you know and you know this I, and yeah. you have a bit of an american accent so you might know this uh mm. that americans call caps hats yeah it's really weird true. plus like, i lived in the in the uk for many years so there's so oh, the many accent sounds that familiar the, British, <laughs> think, uh, the, the brits also say different things for different stuff so if you say like in the u in the u.s if you say pants like that's normal trousers as we say yeah in that's chaddies in the but, uk though yeah yeah it's chaddies in the uk so but i love the fact that they still use the word knickers like... they use knickers yeah, I love it. oh i love it they're like yeah knickers is a great word i also yeah. like it trainers there's it's another like, one they use trainers yeah so knickers is always great because it kind of feels like like underwear is just <laughs> yeah, not as exciting as like yeah, chaddies. I want saying? British like, people to say Indian words like, hello, mate, you wearing your chaddies, eh? <laughs> yeah, chaddies. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, you know, the same way. Yeah, sorry. No, it's amazing that you've done all these things. And I want to talk about every sort of aspect of what's brought you here. Uh, because, you know, we, we, you know, I keep calling you up. I'm like, may I need help? I, how do I do this? What is this? And you, you always are on uh, mm. uh, call and willing to help. And... Uh, I thought, you know, I'll use this opportunity to get your story out there. But of course, you've shared your story. But I also want to talk about how um, you've sort of now um, kind of directing a lot of people in the podcasting space in India. But before that, of course, we met uh, in, I think, 2013-14 uh, when you were yeah. working at Radio 1. So h- how do you get to radio? And how, you said you were in the UK. How do you get to Mumbai in the first place? So actually, uh, well, I like to call it Bombay because I've lived here since the uh, 80s and 90s. Right. Um, But yeah, so, I mean, this was as every, uh, you know, somehow some relation. If you're Malayali, you have someone in the Middle East. I was one of those Malayalis in the Middle East. Oh, yeah. But Bombay was, yeah, Bombay was always my base in the sense that, you know, some people, Bangalore is their base. They live in Kuwait or whatever. Mm -hmm. So for me... Uh, Bombay was always a place I came back to because, you know, I have like my mom was working here. My dad was working here. And uh-huh. in, yeah, when I was really young, we moved to the Middle East. And then I came back to India and I was in boarding school for a very large chunk of my life. And okay. then when I finished my 12th standard, <laughs> I went to the UK and I did my uni there. So I was in oh, uni. You're, okay, you've done your yeah, university. Yeah, I did. 
Yeah, I did my undergrad and my postgrad. Plus, I worked there for two years. So I was there in the UK for about six years. And it was amazing, but it was also a weird time when I graduated because that's pretty much when the recession happened. So trying to get a job there and stay on was really hard, which is uh, yeah. why I ended up coming back. Because uh, I was a, I started out actually as a radio journalist. I was a news editor for a community radio station while I was in the UK. And it was so exciting. And it was me and a Scottish guy who were the the head of news for like a community radio station in like Newport, oh. Wales. It was bizarre. What in man, I can write a like a... Man. It was quite funny and... A sitcom like Fraser, you know, based on that, a Malu and a Scottishman, uh, a Scotch, a Malu and yeah. a Scotch. <laughs> that would have been good. Uh, Correct. No, but it, did it you feel like if you had stayed back that you would have had this yeah. in radio? You, you would have gotten further into radio or would you have been I given enough opportunity? I probably would have stayed in radio. Yeah, yeah, I probably would have stayed in radio for a while because I really loved, so I loved being a journalist and I loved doing it on radio. I just mm-hmm. always loved the audio medium in general. Yeah. And then doing news, like coming back to India and not being able to be a journalist in radio. I'm not even talking about like, I mean, I didn't do AIR or anything, but I think that yeah. was kind of disheartening. But I still Do we have radio, radio journalism in India? I mean, if you work in AIR, like... All no, in I radio, mean, let me repeat the question. Do we have radio <laughs> <laughs> Well done. Smooth, my friend. Smooth. Yeah, smooth, you know. And this is a podcast. We're not going to get like a license. It's not eligible. But um, no, it, it's, it's uh, I think, a great space. I think when you look, listen to things like NPR, right? And, you know, when I when I was doing my university in, in Wales as well, I used to love listening to radio. Oh, I mean, were it's, you in Wales? I was in Swansea. You were in Swansea? I was in Swansea. I oh. actually felt like I had a better... Uh, speaking skills. <laughs> I think that's my parents are like at least they feel less retarded yeah. going to Wales. <laughs> that's true. I so I was in Cardiff. So I was in Cardiff oh. and I worked for uh I was in Cardiff Uni. That's Swansea a great place. was like yeah. I've been to Swansea and I've been out in Swansea. There's there's a there's a high street full of bars. I've been there. I worked there. Can you believe one of the bars there called the Orange House? I was a waiter. Oh. What was that area called? That was called the Kingsway. They had bars like the Orange House. They had a bar, a nightclub called Time and Envy. Uh, this was in 2001 <laughs> and two. Time and Envy. Yeah. Then they had a um, really, really cool, cheesy nightclub called Jumping Jacks. And on Thursdays, they had a thing called VK Heaven, which is, you know, those breezers drinks, which are like orange and sugar yeah. and death in a bottle. So £4.99, <laughs> all you can drink. And the Ooh. next day, oh my God, your poop looks like... It's fluorescent green, green, pink. It's 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 like a pride parade. No offense, but it's just that's <laughs> terrible. But Swansea is rough. Like one of a really good friend of mine was from Swansea. The only wonderful thing about Swansea is the Gower, which is beautiful. That's the um, waterfront. Amazing. Yeah, that's like mumbles the and all that. Cliff. Yeah, yeah, mumbles and all that. It's actually a charming place. You know, I I didn't really know much about anything back then. In the sense, that it was my first time out of India. So I was like, okay, this is the rest of the world is like this. India is not too bad, you know. <laughs> and um, well, you you went straight to Swansea. You went to the back end yeah. of beyond, my friend. <laughs> I think it was uh, now in hindsight, maybe it was my parents' ploy to just this fingers crossed going. Maybe he won't find his way back. <laughs> <laughs> but but do you feel like this this thing right? Because I sometimes think about it, the actual academic aspect of what I studied at university, whether it was in the UK or in the US, 
really really didn't apply too much of it but this thing of being able to sort of carry on a conversation um being able to sort of fend for yourself being able to sort of uh, live in an environment which um is not home and also adapting through speech like because i'm like you very sort of uh uh keen on how people speak how i should speak i kind of made that a big sort of point to consider when i was like getting my v's and w's right and do you feel that kind of experience and being able to switch between and back and forth between accents and also knowing your sort of what you as an indian sound like all these things sort of helped in your repertoire towards becoming what you are today i think so i mean I think and this is something that I I learned through a musician friend of mine uh which was uh being what they call a third culture kid which means growing up in a culture that you're not originally from mm-hmm. so uh, you know being an indian but like growing up in the middle east where I was in like an international school and there were people from you know the US I had a canadian class teacher I you know I had egyptians and like Filipinos and like all kinds of people in school with me yeah. you kind of sort of always get used to not being surrounded by people who either a didn't really look like you and b didn't really speak like you mm. uh, and also had very different experiences like i uh you know one of my best friends was a girl called Marwa who is egyptian and she was amazing and yeah. i ha- and i so i growing up with that i kind of got used to it so that even when i came back to india or I was in the UK. I had friends who would who had come and visited me in India and were like wow like you're so you're like the same person but you're not the same person. Mm. So even though I acted the same, they could also see that I was like this I was able to just still be myself but also adapt to different places in in my way. And so I think Yeah. I always was kind of always being me. It was just that I had this ability to be able to communicate with. And I think that's also part and parcel of like growing up in boarding school where I I think that's where I sort of like came into my own. I suddenly realized people liked, you know, I I was funny and people like the same weird stuff that I did and I cracked jokes and then when you go abroad, it's like you do the the same thing and Yeah and I I loved being in the UK and I still am in touch with so many of my friends who are there. Yeah. And I think that ability to just adapt, I don't know if it's just a uh genetic Malayali trait that we have, <laughs> but to just be that kind of chameleon and be able to no matter where you are just be able to find common ground with people. And it's funny because yeah. I would be able to do that with anyone and I that I used to be on the basketball team and there was a German girl and there were all these like British girls and like her and I got along really well because we used to just make fun of all the Brits and like yeah and so her and I had like common ground and so it didn't matter where you were from you just kind of feel like you're drawn to certain people um but yeah I think being a journalist in general helped me sort of because I think I've always been curious about people so in being able to i think that's the thing that i feel like made me who i am today which is that i feel like i'm a relatively good interviewer and i like yeah. you know getting to know people and understanding them and also the thing that i pride myself on is that to not take yourself too seriously and, and not take the guest too seriously either so i and i've done everything like i've literally interviewed i think the 
the when I was in Chennai and I was working for a radio station there, we'd interviewed some kind of like Australian or UK ambassador or something like that, and we ended up talking about chaddis. Like literally, I'm not even because kidding. Because you made you talk, yeah, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, darling. <laughs> but it was so funny because he sort of chimed in and had fun, and like I, I think it's just being able to break down. this sort of wall that people have right that you have to yeah. say things in a particular way or you have to like sometimes it's okay just to knock it all down and just have a little fun and i think that's that ability right i think more than any uh, official sort of whether it's called an interviewer host i think it's this ability to strike up a conversation and finding fundamental mm. uh, connections which go beyond the demand or the uh, requirement of that interview and i think that's great because I mean, we had this notion, right? Interview has to sound, um, you know, it has to be a back and forth in a very sort of structured way. But I, I think, as you said, it's it's great to just have a fun thing. Like you know, obviously there needs something uh, needs to come out of it, which is for that particular agenda. But I think otherwise, just have a blast and have a ball and don't take yourself too seriously. And I think you, yeah, yeah you've done that for years on. Um, and I think that I, I was on another show. I think at that point when you were working there, and I think. the radio one platform did I, i i because i mean because i think it was one of the few english networks in india i yeah. i would listen to it um but i think uh from your experience working there to today how is that landscape because indian radio never really followed in the footpath or the or in the footsteps if you want to call it off of british radio or american radio or npr we had kind of our own thing so how is that um space in radio then now the audio sort of podcasting space uh, what's what's the landscape looking like and how was your experience in radio let's probably start from there so i mean you're also someone who has been part and parcel of the radio world too so it's not like i'm the only one but i you have mine to mine is shorter though and i kind of came in later <laughs> when i i kind of like after the party is over and that guy was like taking all those cups with half drinks drinking them going dude was this the radio <laughs> some <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I know those guys. <laughs> yeah, man, all the guys, all the drugs are over. Like, <laughs> I want cotton candy. Like, I'm that guy. Yeah. So, um, this, uh, so my thing with radio is that, especially in India, and I'm talking about private commercial FM stations. Mm-hmm. They're honestly because of the fact that it is extremely expensive to function. you know a radio station in india whether it's yeah. paying for the license or the overheads of running a station that's why there are such few radio stations private fm radio stations in india run by big media conglomerates with very deep pockets mm. which is why you have the times and you know yeah. hts of this world and they're the ones that own radio stations because any anyone else can afford it Yeah. And so in Bombay which is a population of 26 million people and you have like seven or eight radio stations of which like all of them are Bollywood except for one mm. which is like there's no genre based radio there's no like Indian folk station yeah. there's no like station that just plays Mahabharata 24/7 like there's nothing of that sort. Which is a pity Because, I think. No. Because it's so expensive to run a radio station. Like right. I This must have been like four or five years ago. Uh, you, basically, the frequencies, like a radio license, is bought for like a particular frequency, and they sell it via an auction. 
And yeah. so I think about four or five years ago, HT bid on like a, a Delhi license, radio license. And it was like 150 crore just for the radio license alone. Mm. Which and is not a lifetime like, license, has to be renewed, right? Yeah, so it's, <laughs> right. it's a 15 year license. <laughs> and then on top of that, you have to pay everyone who works at the station. You have to also rent the tower that you're broadcasting from, which is again government owned. Great. And so everything, yeah, it's so like it's it's very, very expensive to run a station here. So it's almost so, like there's no incentive to do it. It's just like fuck it, no one's no one cares. And then you have to make up that money by filling up one hour with fifty nine minutes of ads. <laughs> correct. And so that's why a lot of the time with radio, some of them are running into the red. You're like sometimes you have some radio stations, like even radio one is some radio station in like Calcutta, like you know, or some random place, and they're like three people working at the station, yeah. like Isol in Mizoram or something. Like it's just. Yeah. absolutely you know sparse because you're trying to make the money so the the thing that i find with radio is that not that i don't love it i love it's such a buzz that like, you know this like the moment you like push a fader and you're like live on air it's it yeah. really I is i never went live <laughs> oh yeah, because my show is from five to nine i would get thirsty <laughs> <laughs> So I was, uh, you clearly got a peak time slot. I was the afternoon job. So oh, nice. I I love the afternoon radio. I think that's a oh, great so slot sure. because and you have less pressure on the ads, right? It, yes. So I had lesser ads on my show. How cool. Plus I had the request show. So it was so chill. I had the most fun show. I, I basically like didn't have any real co- sales commitments and because I just... I Gosh, those guys are such program. pains, man. I mean, I'm not saying all radio stations have annoying salespeople, but I'm saying most, in fact, all radio stations. I mean, stations I have, have to say, they have, they have, they have like, they, they could sell you taking a dump on air to Pariware. Like, that's yeah. the, uh, that's how amazingly talented the sales guys were. I they think you worked at a anything. good station because I think some of the people, they were just getting more and more of Pep's mattresses. I'm like, fuck, how many mattress brands exist? <laughs> Pep's mattress, All-American mattress, All-American mattress made in Amritsar. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, I, I have to say that I was, I know everyone's all like, ooh, peak time. You know, morning or evening no, RJ. I, like I loved being an afternoon RJ. I like, like you said, yeah. lesser ads. Like no one would know that except for you. I did. I barely had any ads, so I played yeah. more music. Now I would I listen played... to sometimes the Goa show. Or I would listen to the afternoon show, and I'm like, man. First of all, the music. You don't have to play only the chart busters or the same cycle no. of those five songs, which is you know Nicki Minaj or Jason Derulo or whatever is trending on that Correct, day. Yeah. But you can actually play, as you said, requests, so you can play a little bit more retro, whatever yeah. the station flavor, but go a little offbeat, which is great. I had so much fun, and it genuinely like with radio, I loved that part of it. The thing yeah. that was difficult for me, which is why I left radio, wasn't that I didn't love the medium. It was just that I felt quite creatively stifled in the sense that I, if I had any ideas, if I wanted to go a little out there and do some fun things, I was kind of restricted by, you know, mm. not being able to do the fun things I wanted to do, even if they would, you know, even if they had um, monetary value, right? Like, yeah. for example, I started when I, I, before I did the afternoon show, I was doing the weekend show. Which is the reason why I know so many comedians like yourself. Yeah. I think you in fact got uh, Sanjay or a couple of comedians we know and yeah. you got them on the show. Yeah, yeah. 
So I, on the weekend show, I used to do this little segment because I realized that like comedy was just coming up and, you know, the Canvas Laugh Factory had just opened up and all that. And I was like, you would go to a show, but you would just not know who Sapan Barma was or you wouldn't know who Ashish Shakya was. Or you wouldn't know yeah. who Kanish Surka was. You just didn't know who they were. They were just names on a lineup and you had no clue what kind of comedy they did or who they were. So yeah. what I thought I'd do is that I would just interview them so that you had a chance to get to know them. And then when you went mm-hmm. for their show, you're like, I heard about these guys on the radio. I got to go check yeah. them out. He's funny. And, and it's, so, it's kind of almost like all these these mediums complement each other, right? TV, radio. It's kind of they plug in the holes in society where some people might miss a show where you're interviewing a comedian, but you hear them on radio. And that's yeah. sort of what's happened in the US, right? Like a guy does yeah. or a girl does or whatever. They may do an entire campaign across when they're promoting a movie or a book. They do it across mediums. So you hear it. But, yeah. yeah. But this is the thing. This was at a time, like you, like I said, Canvas Laffrey just come up. These comedians, like people didn't even know this was a thing. Yeah. And then they kind of stopped me. They were like, you're giving comedians too much exposure. And I'm like, what is it? It's not like it's like Godrich or something. This is like just yeah. a bunch of people. Yeah. And so I was so. And the funny thing is now, if you had to get a comedian to be on the radio, you know how much that would cost you? Yeah. Like now? No, absolutely. That are the I'm names like, you mentioned. They're big now. Yeah. And they and so come like with an a, entire tech writer of like, you know what? I need my... Uh, don't play on your own next to me when I'm doing the radio show. <laughs> <I don't. laughs> so fancy and all that, not okay. But it's so expensive now, and like yeah. they're all repre- they all have representation. They all have, and so yeah. now it's very different. And that's that. I, actually, that's the thing I want to ask you: is whether it's internet radio, whether it's podcasting. Do you think audio as a medium? Do you think Indians like listening to conversations, or they want to be be entertained by visuals? What is your experience from it? So. I have to be super honest here and say that I think as Indians, we, uh, there are two things that I realize, you know, with what we love. Number one is that we love storytelling and audio is a wonderful medium for that, whether that's through Bollywood films or whether that's through, you know, story, like I'm not even kidding. The reason when I realized the real power of audio Mm -hmm. is just, my but this many many years ago my parlor lady uh i was going to get some waxing done mm-hmm. and then she when i got there was listening to the radio on her mobile phone and right. i asked her what she's listening to and she's like oh there's this guy on sunday and he tells these really nice love stories i like listening to hey that's that guy love guru I thought he was in the in the night there was, was one guy in, in bangalore or still is and he's really popular he does it in canada and he's similar stories and he does it in a very sort of baritone voice. I, I mean, I'm sure mm. it's the same yeah. uh, model, which same is across kind of, yeah. Radio, radio across City, I think. They have it across channels in different languages. But yeah, I, I've heard it. And I, so, when I'm in the cab, these guys love it. It's just sort of so gripping yeah. for them. And so when you think of people, like the great thing about audio and they call it, I mean, in podcasting, they keep saying this, they call it like, a companion medium, right? Because uh-huh. you can do other things while you're listening to audio. So you can drive a rickshaw, you can sit, you know, while you're, like your security guard is sitting in your building. What else is he going to do? He'll just listen yeah. to something. So usually you can do it. And like I said, the two things that as Indians we love is to love, we love storytelling. And we also like to be informed. Like one of the things that I realized is that that's how they get their news that's how they listen to cricket commentary that's how they listen to everything and so 
audio is a really great place where um, you're able to also communicate in a way that like I don't necessarily have to be able to read and write to be able mm. to listen to a story. And I think we are, as a culture, we do love listening to stories and we love listening to people and speak and understand right. what they're saying and get to uh, comprehend things through listening to to, to a medium. So, so I think audio as a medium is quite like, quite ingrained. Yeah, in, in there. Yeah. It's just that like, we do it in different ways. So you think all this this phase of Amazon, Netflix, all these movies and being consumed on YouTube is just a fix we need. Like, oh my God, it's a new thing and uh, audio will always be then. That sort of leads me to this phase we are in right now where India is sort of witnessing this this explosion, you know, and you'll be in a good place to answer this and know what's happening with podcasting. I think the past three years or two years has seen like a massive um, increase in the number of people trying their hand at podcasting, people exploring the medium, people sort of doing interviews, people talking about things that interest them. As you said, a city of, of 26 million like Bombay, there's everything from people who are like, you know, coming up with artists from Dharavi to people doing cooking shows from South Bombay. So you have across the spectrum, across languages. And is that something that you're noticing as a podcast producer? This is the hat where you sort of are approached mm -hmm. by different people to produce their podcast. So what, what is the trend you're seeing on that front? So I have to say that it's, so it's interesting for me because audio is anyway a medium that I love. It's also the medium that I work in because yeah. I don't really know anything else. Like I'm not a videographer. I don't understand video as well as someone who actually like trained and like learning video for me yeah. has always been audio. Yeah. Like I initially, when I started my company, people were like, you know, but no one is audio. Is like, you should do video. No, audio is not a thing. Yeah. And it, it, I had to like battle so many people who were only advising me to get into video. And I'm like, but I don't know video, man. Audio yeah, is my absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah. And so my sort of experience with audio right now is that definitely podcasting is a growing medium in the country. Mm. People are still getting used to it. Yeah. And how people access it is in so many different ways. So whether someone sends you like a WhatsApp forward or someone like tweets at you or just shares something with you, like whatever that may be, people want to listen because it's a way. And I do feel like audio compared to like a visual medium is so much more intimate and so much more yeah. personal because it's literally someone you're you're wearing headphones and it's someone in your ear right and you feel like you know them you. if you listen to yeah. like your podcast i'm sure fans of the made in india podcast when they meet you they're like they can actually friends. And, and, and i think <laughs> this is something which i really like and to add to your point uh, sorry for if, if i interrupted your thought no, it's okay. but is i really think that when i meet say a podcaster versus uh say someone who does um, like, uh, you know, say like a, like a TV talk show. Um, mm -hmm. I really think when I listen to like six hours or seven hours of say, you know, Joe Rogan's podcast, because I listen to that, or maybe I listen to like say Sam Harris or these names, or even if I listen to say an Indian podcast, I, I, I really think that I can actually have a conversation with them as opposed to just be mm -hmm. like in awe of them. Like, oh, I met a, like a fan, mo a fan moment. Like you actually get to yeah. know the person and feel like you can connect with them because that's what podcasting does. It goes beyond just scratching the surface of, oh, I'm in awe because this person's famous. That's true. And I feel like that was the same way I felt even when they, you know, when you talk about radio presenters and RJs as well, right? It's yeah. so different when you 
sort of meet an actor and then you meet an RJ, you meet a TV personality and then you meet yeah. an RJ. Like I always had this thing where people just felt more comfortable with you because they really feel like they know you and they yeah. feel like you've been their friend and their companion through all their commute. It's not as glamorous, but it, it is more intimate. Yeah, but I feel like it may not be as glamorous, but I feel like it's more down to earth. Absolutely. So, that I agree with. And you can actually laugh. And sometimes even I've had this in my short stint in radio, people laughing, going, dude, do you really like those mattresses? I'm like, fuck no, dude. I, <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> and you know, I'm like, sometimes like I tell them, I'm like, you know, a little secret, those traffic updates, which you hear at 9 p.m. I, I recorded them at four. <laughs> They're like, you bastard. How can you do that? I got stuck in traffic. <laughs> you. And I, I'm not even kidding. I'm still in touch with people who were my fans from radio. I'm How not cool. even kidding. There were like a bunch of these really young girls who used to always request for One Direction songs. And <laughs> they are, and I remember someone was trolling me on Twitter uh-huh. and these girls just like ganged up on him and just were like, don't you be mean to me. And I'm like, oh my God, these are amazing. And just, I, I don't know. They're these fiery, incredible young girls who I just thought were amazing. And now... Mm-hmm. I have I met one of them and she's a designer and she interviewed me on a show that she would like on something that she was doing on Instagram with mm-hmm. her brother like and she was like a fan of Made in India now she's interviewing me on you know Insta Live and so how cool is that I think yeah it's amazing and I I do feel like you do keep in touch with people who were your fans you do they want to you know talk to you and not I, I I've never felt in any way that it was like. And of course, it's not everyone's experience that sometimes people can be very obtrusive. But I -hmm. also feel like I've been really lucky and I've had some really great people who've been fans of the show or fans of me. And and yeah, and I I do agree with you. I do think there's a huge difference between podcasting and radio because I think that the thing with radio is that once it goes on air, it's gone, right? And I think with audio is that this conversation, people can come back to it years from now. Radio is a bit like Clubhouse that way. I think Clubhouse is like the new radio. Like you say it there, it sort of sparks all this outrage going, oh my God, how could you say that eggplant has violated Indian pride or something? And then next thing it's not recorded for something. No, yeah, but like Clubhouse I, yeah. is just, I have to say there's a also a huge difference in radio and Clubhouse. At least I can listen to some music on the radio. But like no, Clubhouse I was, yeah, is say that. just, uh, what is that phenomenon? I have a right? problem with Clubhouse. I have a, ma- like, Okay, I have to, I'm going to be straight here because a lot of people are like, Clubhouse is just like podcasting, yeah. And I don't I'm think like, so. A rambly conversation doth a podcast not make. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's Clubhouse. It's just people talking no, and I on think and that, on and you on. Know, There's no editor. I can't deal with that. Clubhouse is, and you know, I'm going to sound like a total prick when I say this, but... So do I. We'll you know, when you together. have this Instagram, <laughs> social media thing, which encourages and it's mainly and the main reason why they, they encourage people to engage or to get on the platform and share their thoughts, share their photos is for the platform to benefit. So you can throw show, show more ads to these people. But I really don't think everyone can be an Instagrammer. I don't think everyone should be a podcaster and I don't think everyone can be an effective orator, right? Because when you, you know, sometimes I would join these clubhouse rooms and uh, some people are really good in capturing your attention when they have points to make. And these people are typically either journalists or they may be musicians talking about what they know, people who know what they're talking about. But it doesn't mean, and of course, for every one of those, there are probably 10 people who are just like, oh, I can 
get heard on this platform but then you have the occasional gem who's just like wow this where did this person come from and you follow them but this is the kind of generation i think we live in where everyone is told that you can be great at everything you do which is not the fucking case right because <laughs> you either have a flair for it or you spend years honing that skill or you, or you love doing it <laughs> and now people are just like oh you know i'm going to be on every platform because just just because i can so i'm going to be uh, on twitter on instagram on snapchat on tiktok on clubhouse on podcasting and you know this is the can thing can i just say one thing sandeep we be yeah. a terrible career counselor we'd be like yeah. you know what you think you're good at something you're not <laughs> No, if you think you're good at something, then you should probably stick to it, not like jump to the next hot platform because mm-hmm. someone said that you can become famous on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I I I don't know if this is true or not. I do think that Clubhouse is a tiny bit of a fad. I just yeah. feel like it will peter out a little bit. Um yeah. the the great thing, I mean, and again, only because I work in this medium, the great thing about podcasting is that you can it's not live right so you can listen to it and it's it's the whole idea of on demand media in general right we're talking yeah. about netflix and amazon you can watch anything and with podcasting you can listen to anything at any like that's the difference also now between broadcast and on demand that we're moving into that space because i can't like make it in time at 9 p.m. to watch that one thing that i get no i don't have time yeah which and was I a want stress to be able to like, right a point yeah, of stress watching something i can watch and now everyone wants to binge even if you have time you're like i'll just binge the whole thing on the weekend you have who waits now who waits one week and all that for the next episode to gone, turn up yeah. yeah balls anyone would do that nowadays but do you think things are becoming like as you said even podcasting is a bit of a fad like you know after the the, the big uh, podcast as a clubhouse is a fad no no podcasting not, is not a fad well, i know what i mean in, by a fad is they're coming around it <laughs> when I uh, looked, when you know, when Joe Rogan signed that massive deal, every mm. comedian is like starting a podcast. Like, oh, dude, I'm going to be. <laughs> and how does that work? Like, so in India, advertisers. So the American model would be subscription or Patreon or getting sponsors, endorsement, whatever. But none of that exists in India right now, right? So the thing is that please also understand that like, Rogan and I do one thing about him is that he was like a little ahead of the game in 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 terms of like. just being one of the first comedians to have like his own show that he's been yeah. building for decades I by think the way. 11 to like 13 this... years and his yeah. guests were famous from back then like he had access to the 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 crop of the comedians yeah and he also wasn't someone who just like overnight this happened yeah. right now he's been working for years decades 1700 shows is not a joke i mean episodes yeah. <laughs> and like and by the way that's like it's numbered he also has like little mini episodes in between also he's yeah. doing some mma stuff and and yeah. besides that he also built an audience on youtube he also has been doing so much other stuff and so and he had enough money coming in before uh, spotify he was making a yeah. shitload before so, spotify people forget about the, all that he was one of the first comedians also to like you know this whole thing of having a special he was like one of the first to have been doing the like stuff like that so it's i feel like rogan has had quite a yeah. career before he <laughs> yeah. even like and built himself up for years like how old is the bugger now yeah. you know and you think that like we're trying to one of the things is that he worked very hard to build a community around his show which is why his show is so popular yeah. they keep if you look at the top 10 podcasts in the world majority of them are usually either npr shows or there or big you know radio stations from from the us who mm-hmm. own a bunch of like 
you know, uh, yeah. who own like media houses or whatever. So what's that famous like, one? Uh, the, 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 not Parkas, the other one, which, uh, like Wondry, uh, Gimlet? there's Gimlet. Yeah. G- yeah. And in the same space you have, he's like one of the very few independent podcasters who's like there in yeah. the top 10. I mean, and Howard Stern is one of like, those guys, but then again, he's huge. So like Jay Shetty is also one of those guys. So like oh, good Lord. Of them. I, I, and that's my, that's my thing right now with, um, you know, of course, I think that's the important thing that people forget that, you know, just by doing a podcast for interviewing your, your, your 10 friends in your circle and doing 10 episodes going, why am I not getting a Spotify deal? It doesn't work that way. Yeah, but, and you have to like, I think one thing is that people just, assume that the money is going to come your way and i'm like no you have to build your community build the the base your listenership base because just like radio the first thing any you know if you want to monetize there are various ways you can do it one is like you said a subscription model where people maybe listen to your show because you're providing information that doesn't exist anywhere else like there is a podcast called like exponent which is such a very very specific show that talks about you know media and is for specific people so if there are podcasts that exist for that or maybe you're doing something where um you have sponsors most podcasts monetize through sponsorship Mm -hmm. right so then you're creating brand deals where you're working with different brands and you're selling. And that way you have to sell your listenership, right? Which is what yeah. you do on the radio. You're Correct. like, I've got 20 million listeners in Bombay. Yeah. thing. But that's how any media works in the Absolutely. world. Yeah. And so in the, same, in the same vein, like podcasting is also that. Like you either have a sponsorship or you had ad revenue or mm. if... You license your show. So one of the things, it hasn't really come up here in India as much. And I've only ever done it once or twice, like with platforms that were just cropping up in India at that time. Yeah. Which is that I licensed my show to, to Savan, now Geo Savan. I this had is the Made in India to, show. Yeah. And to uh, Jukebox, which was now uh, non-existent, like that was with Book My Show. So that was a licensing yeah. deal. That was yeah. it. You get like the the first, you know, the episode that comes out early and you license my show for that much time. And so that and all, there are loads of ways in which you can monetize. But I wouldn't yeah. be even I've also been doing this for like six years. I've released an episode every week and I've gotten yeah. to that stage like now. Like, so it takes yeah. time. No, absolutely. And, you know, and sometimes I kick myself because 2012 or 13, I was with uh, I just quick signed up with QKey and I started my first podcast back then called uh, uh, soapy thoughts and I was like I think I did about maybe 20 episodes and I'm like this podcasting business is shit bro I'm I, I and then I did another one on SoundCloud for a bit called amusing musings and literally I was like when I look back I mean no regrets but I'm like man if you had stuck to this and finally you know I'm sitting here today like the baby bed podcast evolved into this thing and we've sort of spoken about this this particular yeah. topic which is sticking at it doing it because you want to do it and not just like, okay, looking at stats all the time. Those are important, but that shouldn't be your driving force alone. And I feel now, and correct me if you think that there's a different trend, is just like how Netflix, Amazon gets popular people. I mean, of course, talented people, no doubt about it. But sometimes you just get a person because they've got a million subscribers on YouTube to be in your series because you sort of draw that audience. I I think that's what's happening with these platforms in podcasting as well. You get people who are popular YouTubers, popular Instagrammers, to sort of do podcasting. So you are hoping as a platform that those subscribers, those fans come to your Audibles or your Spotify or your Amazon Music. And I think that's great. Of course, that's a, I think, obvious marketing ploy. But 
are these people good at podcasting we don't know and sometimes i feel as a result of getting those people who are good at one thing to do another thing you kind of uh, are cutting selling yourself short because those fans don't like those people who are youtubers as podcasters so you kind of getting screwed into a corner both ways you know i think i honestly think it really depends because yeah. i understand where you want to use uh, quote unquote an influencer yeah to do or create a podcast because you feel like you can leverage their audience to do something yeah. and this is not just an influencer this could be any celebrity like for example anyone of course yeah yeah getting harsha bogle to host the mission isro podcast uh, obviously you have like i'm sorry um, what um, he's hosting a mission isro yeah this has been out since last year it's uh, uh, uh what do you call it this is the cricket it? commentator right yeah it's a spotify original why so, is it doing i mean i haven't heard the podcast but is it a, is it as the name suggests about things that isro is doing yeah so basically hmm. mission isro is telling the story of isro and right. he's voicing it so he's not a host host but he's like it's ah, a scripted okay. show it's basically like a richard david attenborough kind of thing doing Ooh, that yeah yeah so it like that's a great idea like why not and harsha hmm. bogle is like such a trusted name and it uh, yeah. one doesn't have anything to do with the other but he is an incredible orator right yeah so, i suppose that makes so a lot of sense because his voice that, is yeah yeah so that makes sense i'm not saying that like not every podcast is an interview show sometimes some yeah. shows are you can have i've worked on fiction shows before like i've been a line yeah and that's when you want like the best voices and if a cricket yeah. commentator has an appropriate so, voice for that nothing like it yeah so my thing is that like one of the things that i feel like people are so limited by they just think that only interview shows are podcasts and i'm like that's not true that's you can true, make yeah. a fiction show you can make yeah. a non fiction show you can do a news show you can do a news bulletin You yeah. can do like a three-hour like epic, right? You can do whatever you want. You can do folk tales. You can do like how they have the Akshagana, which is a South Canada dance form. You can do that in audio because those are how the stories were told, and you don't need to watch it. I mean, of course, you, it'll be helpful to watch the dance, but there's so many. I've seen, I've yeah. seen some Yakshagana, my friend. That stuff It's, is epic, especially yeah. the pyrotechnics when the fire is involved. That stuff is. Yeah. I a friend of mine is from like a coastal town in Karnataka called. Uh, Hiranjalu, and then I uh-huh. I got to see some Yakshagana there, dude. That's but yeah, I mean those were all podcasts in their own way, you know. I mean, in the sense storytelling. Absolutely, um, and so in this way, I whether an influencer is just narrating something or an influencer is like you know actually hosting the show, it's like two different things. So yeah. my space is that I don't have a problem with that, but I also think that what a, a, and I think this is a limitation of like platforms and this the. myopia of of the potential of what you could do is that yeah. good writing can do that too you don't need like an you know a celebrity voice all the time sometimes you can yeah. just tell a really great story and it be told really well and so i, I think, think that's great writing from as well that. i i didn't yeah. uh, want to sort of sound like early celebrities get all the piece of the pie but you're right and I, to just add to what you said a good story is a good story now it can be made better with a, a voice and made even more popular with a recognized voice or recognizable voice but can we start with that a good story as opposed to just getting popular voices popular people to voice a I'm not saying always but sometimes a bad story with a good popular voice doesn't make it a good story you know what I mean fair and I do I I mean this is where I've got nothing against having an influencer or like I guess you're just trying to push the medium and make it more popular and yeah. I get that 
But I also think that you can do that by doing different things, like yeah. work with different formats, do fun stuff. Like I just feel like no one's like really um, breaking the mold really here on like podcasting. I'm not saying that I'm doing some great job at it, but yeah, I'm of course, I think like, my just hope sort of is to be able speaking to our that. thoughts. Yeah, yeah. And I want to be able to see different people do different things. Like why, yeah. you know, why can't we be listening to, uh, you know, a, a Dalit storytelling podcast? Like why not? Yeah. Like why can't yeah. we do, um, uh, you know, Bengali food stories? Or why can't you do like, you know, yeah. some surrealist folk tales from Nagaland? Like who knows? Like it's just it's a very so rich country stuff. we live in, and yeah. we kind There's of so sometimes much forget. <laughs> Yeah, we we forget that Bollywood isn't all of our country. I think yeah. we need to understand that the movie cinema industry is not representing all of it. I mean, of course, some great stories have come out of it, but you're right. You know, like I'd I'd love to listen to like you know someone living in the hills in the northeast talking about the people they meet. Um, maybe like you know like a Sherpa narrating the stories of climbers he meets or she meets, and it's man that would be interesting. Let's do the Sherpa podcast. Yeah, I, and again, this is. Yeah. There's so much and I'm saying like this is also incredible, right? I had um, a science journalist get in touch with me and she started her own podcast, right? Um, which looks at the future of like, you know, certain things that are happening in India and mm-hmm. then talking to experts to figure out what the future of this particular thing would look like. Oh, and nice. so it's such a cool idea and it it's just something cool that no one else is doing. And I'm just like, wow. And as a journalist, she absolutely understands how to script, uh, how to, te- to explain complicated things in simple ways. That's and that's important. That's yeah. very important to not make it more confusing, you know. One of the things I struggle with, I swear to you, is the when people do not know how to write for audio at yeah. all. Because the written word and the spoken word are not the same yeah. Like, I'll give you an example of uh, something I heard, like a, a line I heard in a podcast that came out of India. The The line was, the, fici- the vicissitudes of our circumstance. Hmm. Do you understand what that means? Well, I don't. I'm not going to pretend that. I mean, vicissitudes. I don't. Yeah. I have no idea but, what that means. And I'm like, I mean, I feel sometimes know? we want to look more intelligent than we are. I've heard this a lot in Indian comedy as well, where they take small concepts like, say, you know, going to a urinal and say big words, you know, like the the ejaculation of urine from my orifice. I'm like, dude, just say you took a piss, no? Like, <laughs> That's terrible. I yeah. can't believe we, it's come down to dick jokes on this interview. Shame I mean, at, life's all about a good dick joke. I think that's Bobby <laughs> Williams has said that, I think. <laughs> So no, and this that's is what where, I believe. Yeah, this, this is this problem. Sorry, I, I, I think that um, we we kind of aren't ready to take that chance. And I think this is from both ends, creators and also people who are in the decision making roles. Is they're not they they kind of are don't stick their necks out. And not saying everyone. There are some great people who've done this and done good for the industry. But pe- creators are scared because they are scared that they, if they don't follow the template that is approved, they're not going to get their podcast commission or their shows um, given the green light. And similarly, on the other end, uh, people are like, um, you know what? This is what I did in the other, other medium I worked at, other corporate, which was in other space, in the similar sort of entertainment space. But now I'm just going to do what worked earlier. So I think there's that risk-taking aversion which is there. 
Yeah, and also this other thing that I feel like is, uh, like you said, a risk-taking aversion is that people will come up with ideas, but they won't do it unless someone like underwrites it, right? Like, so they're a little bit like, so all these really amazing ideas just get relegated into some God knows where. And I'm, I've been, you know, one of the things that I always, I'm hoping for right now is that like, you know, the whatever little money that I'm able to even just make that I want to find a way to fund some of the pilots that I want to do and, you know, make the shows that I want to make that I think are going to be super cool. And, you know, and one of the things that I hopefully is what I want to start doing and find ways to do is also pay people what they deserve. I think everyone is about undercutting each other. And it's literally like when someone like, someone asks me, you know, I, I want to work with a certain designer, like a, a graphic designer, an illustrator, yeah. um, because I want to find ways to to work with designers because I work in an audio medium, right? Yeah. And I, you know, if someone gives me a cost that maybe doesn't work for me, I don't want to bargain them down, but yeah. I figure out a way, if I can pay you a little more than great, if I can't, then I'll find another project where I can actually pay you to do something. So Absolutely, I, you don't write them off, and you don't. There's this thing. Yeah, you're right. Where you're like, oh, like, I might not be able to afford you right now, but maybe another yeah. time when I have a little more cash. But Absolutely. it's so but what, hard. I hate being bargained down. Yeah. No, people make you believe that you're not worth it. That's what I get irritated. They're like, are you sure you want to charge this much? I'm like, "Mm, I'm not pulling this number out of my ass. I really think that I put effort into this, you know? (laughs) I love that. That's like like, like reverse asking. Are you sure you want to charge this much? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you sure? No, no, no. I'm not sure. That's why I gave you the cost. I put that shit in that hat and asked rabbit to pull it out. So my thing is that in the same boat, like, so I want to create better standards you know i yeah. want to be able to pay people on time i want to that's the one thing that like if people work with me you will get the money that you pay like that i you asked me for i'll pay it and i'll pay you on time you i'll never like even if i have to take the last rupee out of my account and pay you i'll do that and it's yeah. it is and i i'm lucky that i've had great people that i've worked with right i'm so lucky that like i've had a really supportive team who've been there for me through a, a lockdown and the yes bank moratorium because all our company accounts so i had like you know we all go through struggles and last year was a tough one but i'm also excited besides just working on exciting projects yeah i also want to be able to do good by the people who work with me because if you have a good team then they're they stick with you man and even if they don't they still got your back somehow like no, I this still, is why I yeah. wanted to talk to you because we're cre- you're creating something and I think we're all in this journey and I think you're uh, doing it on a larger scale with Sean, your partner and your team you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, what is nice is that you kind of have to rewrite how things are done. Like for instance, when 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 I when I started stand up and going for corporates, I'm like, you know what, a stand up comedian. Because what these guys do with artists is like they're relegated to the back of the stage. They're not given water. They just perform and they treat it like a bit, you know, they treat it not with the most respect. I'm like, no, no. I I come. I go to the bar with you. I'm not sitting somewhere in the corner. If I choose to, I decide where to go. And this is something I feel you're doing with podcasting: is build a team, reliability, pay people their due, their fair share, get good stories. And this is something which is hard probably do now and look at and sometimes you take a step back going okay i'm doing this for the next five years not for tomorrow and i think that's why i really sort of uh respect what you do and what you're putting out there yeah. 
you have to be in it for the long haul man you can't yeah. assume that like an entire industry is going to come up overnight you yeah. have to keep hammering at it like i've been in it for um now 6 years and i'm still going to yeah. be in it for a while and Absolutely. my hope is that it keeps growing my hope is that like we actually get a chance to like build a really interesting industry and also india and exactly what you said there is so much fodder here and so many amazing underrepresented voices that are not being heard in india and i do think that podcasting because it's not necessarily mainstream that you have the ability to say and do things that you wouldn't be able to do in mainstream for media. now for now hey for that now. would yeah I'm otherwise i'd take down like gonna... 20 episodes from my <laughs> <laughs> same yeah what are you talking <laughs> but uh, no it's amazing me and um, you know it i think congratulations first of all on sticking through mm. this journey of podcasting radio and and i think being a being such a reliable person uh and a resource for people who are new in the space and uh, also giving quality opportunities to people i think uh, and thanks for helping out with all my questions and uh, most importantly thanks for being on today's episode i know i, I felt so privileged It was, was like wow i want to open on show so fat yeah the five people are listening really appreciate it <laughs> 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 But no it's it's patience it's a patience game and I, and I do it because you know I thoroughly love doing my solo rants and I love talking to people so mm-hmm. this is what I keeps me um keeps me entertained frank, frankly speaking Yeah me too I I think my show has kept, even my own podcast has kept me alive I think people have probably uh seen my slow mental decline and degradation through 2020 <laughs> through my podcast Um but uh yeah. I really did I just knowing people were listening and I it just brought me such joy to keep doing my show I can't even tell and even if, like like you said even five people only listening I said like those five people I love you <laughs> all five yeah, of you Yeah absolutely and you can kind of can be yourself you know you going through a bad day you say it out loud you don't kind of pretend like TV makes you uh, put on makeup and like everything's good and sunshine and raindrops or whatever they call it I so okay I'm going to be very honest with you here and I'll tell you about this on one of my last episodes of 2020 i do like a best of uh, yeah. where i pick like some of my best like recording sessions i've done with artists and at the end of the episode i had this one bit where i was kind of just thanking people and it's like a voiceover i was sitting in my cupboard with my spanking Zoom. people or thanking, thanking people thanking. thanking okay because i like what kind of i like this podcast now <laughs> Not that one. That's a different podcast. That's a different. That's called <laughs> life gone wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, at the end of my like some outro video I was doing and I was in my cupboard, you know, on my Zoom recorder and I was yeah. just recording that last bit. Then as I'm recording my video like in that one part where I'm saying, you know, thank you so much for listening to the show. It's been like a really great support. I don't know what happened to me, but I start like welling up and i'm like in tears like doing this video and i'm like what is wrong with so i stop the recording and like wipe my face and i'm just like you know can't take a few deep breaths and calm down and i redo the outro video again and again in the same exact spot i start mm. like welling up and crying and i'm like what is wrong with me and for the third time i try again 
because I was just like, okay, let me just like step out of the cupboard. Yeah. It was kind of hot. I'll put the fan on. Like maybe I'll like, you know, take a couple of walk up and down my room and just, and then after that, I started doing it and I'm not even kidding. Even after that, again, I cry in that Crazy. exact same spot. And so at one point I'm like, you know what? Why am I trying so hard not to read this voiceover bit when I'm already getting so emotional? So I yeah. just read it and I was weeping in that bit and I just let it happen. And I, mm. like my, my poor audio engineers, like, oh, bro, she's fully breaking down on this episode. <laughs> but he actually initially had cut out all the gaps because obviously I was kind of like trying to like not be so emotional. Yeah. And initially he cut out the gaps. I don't want to keep all the gaps in there because the gaps are where, like that silence is where the real emotion is. Yeah. And so if you go to my best of 2020, at the right at the end of the voiceover, yeah. you'll hear me fully break down. thank you so much i really love you fully there i'm not it's just so i decided to beautiful like Like, i'm not sounding cheesy when i say beautiful but it really is that's that's something if you're having a bad day you're having a bad day and you're really feeling what you're saying you're not trying to pretend that it's all kosher i was literally thanking because you're it's the gratitude right you just feel like wow, I'm so grateful that I am able to live the life I'm living and do the things I'm able to do because of like the support that I have around me. And that's not just like my family and friends. That's also just people who are listening to the show, even if it's yeah. five people. And so it makes a that, lot of difference yeah, to know that, that there's someone. Uh, someone is listening. And yeah. so in that bit where I'm like fully breaking down, I realized that I just had to be authentic to myself. I just had to be Which me. And if I'm going to cry in that exact bit, then I'm just going to cry. And Very whether my good. editor hears it, my producer hears it, or Sean hears it, you hear it, I'm just like, it was me. Yeah. And if I'm going to try to not be myself, it's not going to be my show then. I so, mean, that's the truly, yeah. um, what's the thing? The, I'll wait for the day, Sophie, when you break down on your podcast. I think I've broken down. I think uh, clearly <laughs> there are some issues which uh, have come out. And I don't think I've broken down in tears, but sometimes it's like, yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> You've broken of, something I, or you've broken No, <laughs> I kind of have these moments, you know. That's why I like doing the solo episodes because mm. I have these things which are, you know, niggling um, at, you know, somewhere within. I'm like, what is going on? Why am I feeling this? Yeah. Whether it's uh, irritation, frustration, anger. Like say with, even with Afghanistan, what's going on right now. I'm like, you know, I'm not a political scientist. I'm not an expert. But just as a human, it pisses me off that there are people out there who have this arrogance that we can, we can go and shatter people's lives just in the name of foreign policy or that we're, we're a superpower, which is bullshit, right? So I just, instead of, um, you know, sometimes maybe a stand-up bit has to be more thought through and has to be funny and has to be peppered with jokes, which sometimes takes away from the emotion. This is my best way of just saying, you know what, I need to get it off my chest and I'll do it in the best way I think which is possible, which is just sort of, uh, ret- sort of introspect, kind of think out loud and kind of just get irritated at the same time, ask myself, why are you getting irritated? So I love that. I can do that and there's some people I love that you just said that because I went through the same thing last year when uh, we were you know just we were in a global pandemic Mm -hmm. and the first thing that happens to India is we have border tensions with our neighbors whether it's like China Pakistan Nepal bloody everyone and I was like we're in a pandemic and you want to fight across borders I was just like this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard and so which is where like on Independence Day because I run an indie music show usually like Independence Day celebrated indie music is the standard thing yeah 
I decided that I was going to celebrate independent music from our neighbors, which was Lovely. I basically found indie musicians from Pakistan, from Nepal, from Sri Lanka, and Bangladesh. And so music. I did the same thing this year because I didn't want border pro- politics to dictate yeah. how we feel about people in general. Why and we I? don't want to be that medium which portrays uh, that we are different and spreads fear and hate, right? Mm-hmm. And this is where I believe the strength in India lies, like people like you and people like us who are doing this thing where we talk to people across borders, across languages, across regions. Yeah. And we just sort of celebrate ideas and what we're doing as opposed to policy and opposed to these mass media which is spreading propaganda and this fear and separation. So... I'm glad you did that. I'm so glad. Thanks. And I'm still doing it. Like I and I got and you know what? I had the most fun conversations. Like the last yeah. episode that I released was um with this singer-songwriter from uh, Lahore called Natasha Nurani and mm-hmm. we had so much fun. I told her if I come to come to Lahore like she I was like where's the first place you take me? She's like you're coming to my mom's house for like for a nice meal. I was like Oh, Wonderful. excellent. And I I'm, nice. I, like I said, I'm, I feel like I'm so lucky that I just basically listen to cool music and talk to cool people. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a really cool job that you get to hear the story behind their music and the song. Yeah. And I'm going to put you in touch with a friend who's uh, producing some um, rappers, um, albums and tracks, and maybe you can get him on your podcast. Send, send. I'll Rich. do that. But till then, thank you so much. Um, when I write my first song, uh, and if it's good, I'll approach you. Even if it's rubbish, I, that also. I guess. No, I'm. You know, I'm not. No, no. I, I, I'm very, I'm very self-critical. I can't do that. You know, my my twinkle, twinkle, little star rendition has to be, you know, up there, <laughs> like the stars. I, I, I up there like the stars, and, <laughs> like the <to> glint. <laughs> but um, so, so okay, your podcast is made in India. M A E D in India. Yeah. You can uh, guys go check it out. It is good, as May said. Great stories, great musicians, great stories mm-hmm. behind the music and about the musicians. And May's a fantastic host, as you guys can hear. Mm-hmm. She's great fun. And um, do you want to just give a shout out to your Insta, your social handles, as yes. they call it, so people can follow you? So if you want to check out the show or check out Made in India, it's M A E D in India on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Also, follow me on Twitter. It's at maybe, maybe. That's M-A-E-B-E, M-A-E-B-E. Uh, and yeah, I'm so excited and honored that I got to be on Sophie Rao's show. Hey, you're a dyslexic dream come true. Maid spelled M-A-E-D. They're like, I got it right. <laughs> Correct. It's like, I want to go to the bra. You mean bra? <laughs> oh, maybe man, also bra, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Yeah, maybe it's a bar called bra. Bar bra. Oh God, that was horrible. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> terrible on that note. It's such high standards. <laughs> we have to end with that joke because come on, it doesn't get better than that. <laughs> but oh. continue with all the great work. Congratulations on everything you've done so far and keep it going and appreciate all the help and the advice you've given me and for joining me on the podcast. Mate. Always here for you, man. Cheers. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you like what you heard, please do check out the other episodes on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And I would much appreciate it if you could like the video, share it with people who you think might enjoy it. And of course, do subscribe to the channel because it will help me and the podcast grow and reach more people just like you. So thanks again. Appreciate it.